0: Welcome, everybody, back to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, and as always, I got my co-host, Matt, here with me. It is a very somber Monday night on the Oklahoma Drill Podcast tonight, folks. The New York Jets are coming off a soul-crushing 10-3 loss to the New England Patriots on a last-second punt return in Foxborough that was all set up by some, some absolutely horrendous play from Zach Wilson to the point where... There's a serious, serious problem at one Jets drive if things do not change soon and change, quite honestly, in my opinion, by the end of this week, because this locker room is teetering on the edge and it's going to go overboard if things continue the way they're going right now. The offense only got, I believe it was two total yards in the second half. That is <laughs> beyond inexcusable. Absolutely beyond inexcusable. So let's not pull any punches. Let's not waste any time, Matt. I want to get your full on unab- a uh, unedited opinion of Zach Wilson's play in the, this game yesterday against the Patriots. Don't hold anything back because at this point he doesn't deserve it. You're
1: absolutely right. You said two total yards. That is the most horrifying number I've heard in a while in relation to Zach Wilson in this offense. Oh my God, that is atrocious. And I was like, I, I was okay with the idea of us losing because I've said this time and time again before, like, I'm totally on board with the, the coin flip, so we're supposed to lose this game anyways. But the manner that we lost, it just kind of rips out your soul and then pisses on it. It was just that bad. Seeing our possibly franchise quarterback really just stink it up so bad that there's absolutely no confidence in him by pretty much anyone, really. Uh, even maybe most of the people in the in the locker room, uh, or even in the coaching staff. I I they're that shocked by what they saw that they're really evaluating everything, uh, which is what Salah was said today. They're evaluating everything. And they should, because what Zach did yesterday was to the level th- that I haven't seen in a very long time. And we've we've seen him have bad games and then he usually comes back and has a competent game and then every, what do we do with that we, we we see this time and time again it's it's a roller coaster ride of lows and highs with him and how how much can we take of that before we go mad with this this back and forth of is he the guy he's horrible bench him for life throw him off the bridge he's done uh, or, you know what? It's still in his second season. He hasn't completed uh, a, a enough time on the field to really show us what he really is. And it's—I I don't know. Like you—you you look at what we did with with Darnold and Sanchez, and I feel like we waited way too long to figure out what they really were. And. Th- In the end, I feel like they showed us exactly what they were a lot earlier. And we stuck with them anyways. And to the detriment of the team and to the detriment of the fans as well. So it's hard because you don't want to give up on the number two pick in his second year. That just seems counterproductive in nature. But at the same time, in reality, it's probably the best move. Whether it's the best move this week, I, uh, who knows? But I, it, was, it was that bad where it's got you questioning just about everything.
0: Yeah, there is, there is a certain level of bad that is beyond struggling, that is beyond failing, that is outright incompetence to the level of not being a, an NFL starting quarterback, period and it's not you're not growing anymore you're not gaining anything zach wilson is not getting any better by playing the way he is right now he is not gaining any experience that is going to bode anything well for him for the future he is absolutely in 110 percent crumbling and imploding and it is it, it is defcon 5 at this point it, it really really is and you're right they've spent so long over the years waiting to see what they had But this is the difference, Matt, and this is where I really want to put things in perspective with this game and with Wilson in particular and why I think it's so important that Sala needs to address this position this week and he absolutely cannot let Zach Wilson start next week against the Chicago Bears, in my opinion. I think he's going to absolutely lose the locker room if he does. First things first, those teams before those Jets teams of old When you're waiting on Mark Sanchez, when you're waiting on a Geno Smith with no receivers and no running backs in his second year and you sign Michael Vick to compete and then you have the whole fiasco with Fitzpatrick and you have Darnold who you bring in Gase and you're you're hoping that Gase is going to make him better and he completely and totally takes away any of the development that Jeremy Bates had with him as a rookie, those teams were not equipped to win. Those teams were floundering and you could afford to be patient because you knew you weren't going anywhere you could afford to be a little extra hopeful because the rest of your team wasn't ready to win anyway. And obviously you want your quarterback to succeed as fast as possible. But if you have an investment in a guy that you really hope that you can work out and the rest of your team, isn't up to the same caliber of play either. It buys you a little more leeway and you can fit in some more excuses. I think, Darnold, whether he would have completely worked out or been successful or otherwise is irrelevant, but I can guarantee that if the Jets hire anybody else other than Adam Gase uh, to start the 2016, the 2018 19 season, excuse me, to start the 2019 season, I guarantee Sam Darnold would have been better quarterback for the Jets in those two years than he ended up being. I guarantee if Geno Smith doesn't get punched a few weeks before <laughs> the season starts in 2015 with the receivers that they had on that team, with the way the offensive line played that year, with the way the defense was playing that year, I fully believe Geno Smith would have been better with the Jets than he might have been before. And as we're seeing this season in Seattle, it's not like Geno Smith ever completely fell out of the league. He's playing some pretty darn good football with the Seahawks right now. Mark Sanchez, you had a team that was winning, that got to the AFC Championship, and I believe it was his second year, and was a game away from going to the Super Bowl. And you had the wins behind it with Sanchez under helm to kind of buy yourself some more time and a little more leeway at the end of Sanchez's second season, the jets were a game out of the super bowl. You're not thinking that your guys completely and totally washed after the offensive line got older and the defense started to get a little less talented. Things started to change and things started to rely on Sanchez more and he couldn't hold up at that point. That's why it takes so long. This is a completely different scenario, Matt. This team is ready to win right now. This team this defense, this offensive talent, despite an offensive line that's reeling with injuries, a running back room that's really, really missing Brees Hall and in a receiver room that has talent, but could really use Corey Davis back. This is still a very talented team. And this is the, the story of the game for me. The Jets defense did everything they possibly could have to win this game. They got a little bit of luck. They got some help from some New England wind and maybe some Nick Folk, you know, green still in his heart, missing two field goals. But the Patriots had 11 total possessions yesterday against the Jets. Only one of them ended in scoring with a field goal. (laughs) Their only other score was a punt return touchdown at the end of the game. Whether you want to call that a possession or not, I don't think technically it would count as an offensive possession. Out of 11 total offensive possessions, they got one score. The only time they went for it on fourth down, they turned the ball over and got stopped on fourth down. Nick Folk misses two field goals. You try your best as a defense. The Jets offense had 12 offensive possessions against the Patriots yesterday. Only one of their drives went for a score. Every other one of their drives ended in a punt, except for a one-play, eight-yard drive to go into halftime right before the end of the half. (laughs) That was embarrassing also, which was also an, an embarrassment of a, of a situation to try and double dip at the end of half and do the, do the Patriots what they've always done to you. So you take that drive away because it doesn't really count. And it's 11 drives even on even. And both offenses only scored once. If Zach Wilson does anything more to help make this offense go, the Jets win that game. And they know it. And this is the key for me, Matt. When you're taken second overall, and you're the number two pick in the draft and you're supposed to be the franchise quarterback, when the chips are down is when you need to be at your best, not at your worst. When you're missing offensive linemen, when your third string right guard is starting and you're having a free agent off the street right tackle that's in his third or or second or third start and your receiving room is hurting and your running back room is hurting and you're the second pick in the draft, That's when you go and elevate the team. If Zach Wilson cannot be a player that can at the very least stay serviceable, if not efficient and build the team up around him and is going to be a player that crumbles if everything is not perfectly set up for him to thrive, that's not good enough. That's not what an NFL quarterback does. That's not what an elite top of the league quarterback does for a team. And so I'm at this point, Garrett Wilson's emotions set it all for me. For a rookie receiver that knows he's good, that is very talented and knows it, that is very passionate about winning and cares about winning and cares about this team succeeding. There wasn't anything that I got from Garrett's emotions that said, I'm upset because I could have had a really great game and Zach was screwing me over. It was, we need to be better. We can win. We know we're good. We have an opportunity to change the narrative. Look at how much we've done already and we know we can be even better. And it's the same guy over and over letting everyone else down. You can't let that slide. There's been multiple instances of defensive players liking tweets in uh, relation to being upset at Zach Wilson for not taking responsibility. To to play as poorly as he did again for the nth time this season. And to have a a softball question lobbed in front of you to just Mm -hmm. take accountability and say, I need to be better, I know I'm, I am I really messed up, and I'm going to do everything I can, that I let everyone down today, and that's on me, and I need to be better, and I'm the quarterback, that's my job, and I'm going to make sure that my teammates know it. You get a, a, a belt-high fastball to, to go and, and win with the media and win with your teammates, and you deny taking any blame or responsibility. Like I said, 11-on-11 11 11 possessions for both teams. Both offenses only scored once. Yes, Zach Wilson, you let your defense down. You one hundred and ten percent let your defense down, and for to, to have the arrogance, quite honestly, and the the blindness to the situation, to look reporters in the face and say, "No, I don't think I let them down. I think you know everyone needs to work and be better." And there's other things that go on that you guys outside don't necessarily know. I don't need to be in that building to know that Zach Wilson lost that game. I don't. I have the game, I have the film, I have the tape. I can watch that for myself. It's blatantly obvious. And for a guy that gets lauded as the film junkie and the, work, uh, the workaholic who's always trying to be better and always only cares about football and only cares about being a quarterback and his craft and, and all he wants to do is get better, man, he never gets better. <laughs> he never gets better. He never improves. He looks just as l- lackadaisical, just as confused, just as easily rattled, as he did as a rookie, his mechanics fall apart at a moment's notice. He doesn't look anything like he did at BYU. He's destroyed. And and I'm quite honestly at the point where, for Robert Sala, the rest of this team is going to start questioning him if he keeps giving Zach chances that he would never give anybody else. Elijah Moore threw threw a fit and requested a trade and was immediately benched for a week and didn't even travel to Denver. Zach Wilson's had two games of downright inexcusable quarterbacking play. Not bad horrendous and inexcusable and the rest of the team is starting to show emotion because of it. And if he doesn't face any consequences and a, the only thing that comes out of this, this week is Salah saying, we are, ha- we're open to the options. You know, everything's on the table. I'm not committing to Zach as the starter. If he says that nothing happens by the end of the week, those are just words and it doesn't mean a damn thing. You have to make a move right now, Robert Sala or risk losing this locker room that respects the hell out of you you can destroy your team right now. This is the most pivotal moment of his head coaching career. And I'm really curious to see what happens because I'm, I don't think he has any other choice, but to go with Mike white for this next week. And even if Mike white is just as terrible, you showed that Zach could not be treated any different than anybody else for playing as horrendously as he was. If any other player on this team played that poorly twice in a row against the same team and a division opponent with all of that on the line, they'd never see the field again. And this should not be any different. See. I agree
1: with everything you just said, because he isn't like, but the, this is the thing. He isn't like any other player. He plays a position that's unlike every other position. Yeah, more had his fit and he was hand for a day or for a game and then kind of put in the doghouse after that. And now I'm only making his way back now, but at the same time, he was in a wide receiver room that's kind of stacked. At the same time, Zach is part of a quarterback room that's kind of not Zach. You have Mike White, strevler, Blacko. These aren't exactly a bunch of studs where they have the leeway to, to bench him and be like, okay, you learn your lesson, and here we have some studs that can take your place and do the job and make you seem irrelevant even if you're not playing. Uh, I don't think it's like that with, with the quarterback, and I feel like they still have a little bit of faith in Zach. I don't think they're giving up on Zach just yet. But that's not to say that they are treating this lightly. I don't think so at all. I think they are putting a leash on him so tight that even if he, if he sniffs a, a game anything like uh, yesterday or even against New England the first time, they are going to pull that leash so hard and put Mike Wyatt in uh, that it 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 won't even matter that they didn't choose Mike White to start in the first place it's more who do they want in the future they they look at what their options are for the future right now if we go a free agent quarterback we're most likely going to have to overspend if we go to draft a quarterback well then all right that means we this have isn't to isn't the class all to do over.
0: it not this year not
1: this year, especially not unless if we're you're picking, going to be at
0: the top of the class. Not where we're going to be m- picking.
1: Most likely won't be. So, what are our options? Really, it's either Zach. We, maybe we keep him around and see if he's the guy. And if we do that, that means we can't really give up on him. Uh, but then again, I don't think a uh, benching totally means giving up on him. So I, I can see that. But at the same time, I. It, Nothing that these guys have shown say that they're willing to do this at the, ho- the highest level with a quarterback. I-, I just don't think they're willing to do that right away. Uh, but I do think that they will be willing now to bench him in-game if things get as bad as they were.
0: Yeah, I think that's very possible. And as much as I personally believe you're going to send a really poor message to that locker room, if you go through this entire week and you go through the film as a team on today, which I'm sure they did, and probably tomorrow as well, and you're in the offensive meeting room and the entire offense is there, and it's clip after clip of Zach missing wide open targets, and it's clip after clip of Zach not reading a play correctly, it's clip after clip of Zach not feeling pressure properly, it's clip after clip after clip of Zach throwing into coverage, and at another week where his, his, his the amount of dropped interceptions he's had this year is a staggering, staggering. Mm-hmm. His numbers should be significantly worse than they already are. And they're already extremely poor. And I I just cannot think this is the point for me above all else. I don't think it's about having guys behind him that could be better. It's about showing the rest of the team that Zach Wilson does not get a pass for playing to the level of incompetence that doesn't deserve to be on an NFL field for anybody else on the team if anybody else on the team was playing half as poorly as Zach Wilson, there would be a next man up Bryce Hall for Christ's sake, a year ago is in a situation where every fan in the world is going, Bryce Hall is such an underrated corner and he's not giving up anything in coverage. And, you know, he's going to be a star the next year and the Jets defense could be good. And, and they just need a difference and for as much as people lauded Bryce Hall, the Jets go out and sign DJ Reed and draft sauce Gardner. And Bryce Hall's basically been an active this entire year and you're telling me that Zach gets to play this poorly and not face any amount of a challenge or a competition whatsoever, and you're going to assume, well, maybe if we put the pressure on him that that's going to be the difference this week, and all of a sudden he's going to wake up and play better against a much worse defense, and that's going to make everything okay and smooth everything over in the locker room. I don't think so. I don't. And I think if you play him again and he's immediately terrible, you have to bench him, but you're going to have players in that locker room going, we knew this was going on. Why would you think this would be any different? What, what what have you learned that's going to make you think this would be any different than how it's been? Are you telling me that with how good the Jets defense is, that Zach Wilson's absolutely lighting it up in practice every week? With what no we're idea. seeing on Sundays, <laughs> with what you're seeing know, on Sundays, though. can you can can you honestly tell me that you believe in your heart that Mike White doesn't look better in practice than Zach Wilson right now? I, I can't say that. I'm sh- I would be absolutely shocked because the level of poor where Zach Wilson is at right now is at zero. And if Mike White's a 10, that's still better. That, that's something I'm very curious about is what does he look like in practice? It because, can't be good. It can't be good.
1: Like in, in my head, I'm picturing him being like lights, like a uh, night and day difference between game Zach and practice Zach. Practice Zach, he's relaxed and confident. And he's just playing catch with his friends. And then when the game is on, the lights are on. Uh, and the, the fans are screaming all of a sudden, every single thing he's practiced, every single thing he knows to be true as a quarterback, it just leaves his head. His eyes just roll back like a shark eating. It, it's that I, I just don't know what they see in practice. And I, I would be very curious to, to find out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I that, that's the only thing I could think of is that he is night and day different in practice. And that's what they have confidence in. And that's what they've had confidence in in the past leading up to this point. Uh, and probably the only thing that has prevented them from switching to Mike White or Flacco or anybody else before this. Uh, I, 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 I think now is enough. Enough is enough. They can't just rest their, their laurels on, on practice, Zach. Because even if Zach is lights out in practice, we know what the result is on the field during the games. We
0: doesn't stay. mean anything what he looks it, like
1: in practice. And with how he's playing
0: all. right now, I can't even believe that he's that good. He might be better, but I, how good can he be in, with how good the Jets defense is? To where if you're playing, you know, starters on starters in a, you know, any sort of a game period, and you're really trying to get your defense prepared, you're telling me that Zach Wilson's dominating our defense? that he's that he's out there playing so fantastic that there's no reason to challenge him whatsoever. that's what I'm like this is my point if it goes so far beyond for the locker room because I don't think Zach Wilson's out there throwing lasers all over the field in practice. If he was people would be saying that. If he was, people would make that argument. You would have teammates defending him, going, you know, I know it's tough in the games, but you guys aren't here when we're on the practice field and we're we're going through reps and he's sharp and he's on it, and, and we know that he can get to that point. No one's saying that at all. No one's coming to his defense. No one is trying to back him up right now. He's lost this locker room. It's over. This it's going to take a time away and it's going to take someone else coming in to heal the wounds and patch things over and buy time because this team is completely and totally turned on him and it's, it can't continue. And to, to answer a question you said earlier, and I want to give you the opportunity to get back on this too, but what do we do for the future? Where do we go from here? What are we looking at next year? You go for a cheap veteran stopgap that could provide competition. So if it's Gardner Minshew, Sure. If Jameis Winston gets out of New Orleans and you could possibly sign him, sure. I don't think you swing for the top of the fences and try and get the most expensive guy possible. I think with the way this team is constructed right now, that you don't need anyone to be a superstar and win and be the caliber of team that you want to be. I think you just need better than what you're getting right now. And so I'm this is you can't continue. That's that's my end point. This game was so poor and so inexcusable and so much worse on film than I thought it was going to be. And it was already bad to start with. This is enough. Enough is enough. Like you said, if you're the second pick in the draft, these are the games that you're supposed to do enough to win, regardless. All Zach Wilson had to do was anything. And the Jets win this game. And he couldn't even do that once in 11 tries. That's unacceptable.
1: It really is. Yeah. If you're, I'm looking at the free agents now. We got Lamar Jackson. That's never going to happen. Geno Smith, uh, a second run with us. Uh, I, I don't know. He's 33. Uh, coming off probably the best game of his life, uh, the best season of his life. I, I, I don't, Maybe the Seahawks try to retain him. Maybe Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Garoppolo is probably going to want a lot of money, and I, I bet the steel, uh, the 49ers probably want to keep him around. Uh, yeah, maybe like Cooper Rush or PJ Walker. Or Minshew would be my number one target or
0: Minshew. Why not even Minshew? I I, I, I think he, I think he's just the type of guy to come in with, with the attitude to not have to worry about the pressure. That's a good guy that knows how to execute the system that handles pressure. Well, that's played well in different systems and different guys around him and a crap situation in Jacksonville as a rookie played pretty well and probably deserved more of a chance than he got. He's only 26. He's not going to be expensive. I think that's the guy. And you can also swing that from a media perspective. If you're Robert Sala and Joe Douglas of we thought we saw an opportunity to improve our position at the very least, he'll be a high quality backup. He could be a trade asset. You can make that argument that you're bringing in Gardner Minshew as competition and not outright. We're replacing Zach Wilson day one. If you go out and sign Derek Carr for $35 million a year, Derek Carr is your starting quarterback. And there's you're you're outright to the media and the world giving up on Zach Wilson in two years. And I don't know if the Jets are necessarily going to want to do that. I think from a PR perspective, you can sell Minshew a lot easier, too.
1: Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Um, and we need a backup quarterback anyways. Right. So exactly he, it, it, because we're whites, a free agent, Flacco's a free agent, but uh, Straveler, they'll probably keep Straveler's never played in a, a, a regular season game. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I I I can definitely see Minshew, and every time I I see Minshew play, he just looks like he plays with like a calmness and a and a never overwhelmed. He he never overwhelmed. He's just looked like he's having fun, and he like it looks like an NFL quarterback too. He he just slings it out there, and he he plays well, and the team responds to that. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm all aboard for that. I'm not drafting a quarterback. I'm not swinging for the fences. Uh, with a free agent. Yeah. No, Just bring in a guy for, uh, he would probably be around 7 million, six, 8
0: million, uh, maybe a little bit more. If we won't break the base, I think for him. I, even if you pay him 12, I think that's better than paying Derek Carr 35 or, yeah, no. you know, swinging for if Kirk cousins gets out of Minnesota, paying him, you know, again, for the, uh, even the same amount of money you would have paid him for five years ago. It, like I'm, I think Minshew's your number one target. If I had to pick a number two, it probably would be Jameis Winston. Just because I'm I'm really like you've brought up multiple times when we've been discussing this, Matt. I really don't want to spend that much money and risk losing some of the core pieces on this team that make them so good. You got to pay Quinn and Williams top of the league money real soon. You yeah. got to pay him probably highest paid defensive tackle in the league money very, very soon. And if you don't, he's going to get it from someone else. So I want to make sure you can keep Quinn you're going to pay sauce Gardner, a buku Luke, ludicrous, insane deal in a few years. You know, you're going to hopefully have Garrett Wilson as a guy that's going to demand a lot of money. Brees Hall might be a running back. That's too good to let go. You know, you're, there's a lot of guys on this team that want to get paid and deserve to get paid. You're going to need to have the flexibility to do that. So my ideal plan Sign Minchu. If it works out, great. You can buy yourself some time if it's a one-year, two-year deal, however, it shakes out. And if you have your guy, you have your guy. He's still young enough to continue. If not, buy yourself time, improve your team, and load up and trade whatever future assets you have to do to get up in 2024 and try and get Caleb Williams. And yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> the the future plan for me.
1: Um yeah, I'm all for it. uh maybe this uh, kind of gives a little bit more credence to to, to going to white early uh, with, with, with this game uh, Because If they can find something in white If he can be even At the level of Minshew Which isn't you know like A world beater level but yeah. at the same time if, he can, if we can get competence Out of white going forward Then white can kind of be The Minshew and we would be, Just keep white around uh, To be that competition Right. And we don't even need to look outside the, the, the franchise. Uh, I, I, but at the same time, we, what do we have from Whitey? We've got two and a half games, uh, one competent game against the Bengals, one shit show against the, the, the Bills, uh, and
0: then he got hurt against And an, a Indy. solid quarter and a half a while injured already half. against Indy before getting even more hurt and coming out. So in which we, were, we saw Josh Johnson come in and still yes. be a successful quarterback. <laughs> we've seen basically every other quarterback on this roster under this coaching staff play and be successful except Zach Wilson. Except Zach. Yeah, it's in, it's incredible that we've come. That's an far, indictment for it? me. It like, really that's, is. If that doesn't say everything like this is it's over. It's over. I'm sorry. I hate that it is. I didn't want it to be this way. I, I would have loved for, for anything else to be different, but I have no faith that he's the guy. <laughs> I have no faith that he's gonna be the guy. I don't see any sort of progression. Zach Wilson is worse right now at any point in at, right now than at any point than Sam Darnold was in his career and with the Jets. He's worse right now than quite honestly. I think maybe even Sanchez was at points or nearing 2012, or 2011 Sanchez. You know, I, I can think the low point of Sanchez's career was I think it was 2013 a Monday Night Football against the Titans. Sanchez threw four picks and Tim Tebow was on the team that year. Tebow came in for one p- play and threw an incomplete pass. And Tim Tebow finished the game with a higher passer rating than Mark Sanchez that night. I think Zach is worse right now. Yeah, I, uh, like, it, we're we are so far below bad were it unsalvageable and you're damaging your team and your locker room that you've worked so hard to flip and create this locker room is talented the culture is so much better than it's ever been in years you can ruin all of that right now if you do not make a change and you let this go unnoticed or or unpunished really there's you are damaging your football team for so much more than just these next couple of weeks if you do not let this if you let this continue to slide yeah, I'm looking at the stats
1: right. The stats right now. Let's see. Big time throw percentage cut in half from last year. Worse. Uh, turnover worthy passes percentage a lot worse. <laughs> it was three point eight last year. It's five point seven this year. That's horrible. His adjusted completion percentage has gone down. Uh, the drop percentage has gone down. So it's not like because the, the receivers are so no. Much he's,
0: missing, he's missing. He's missing wide open missing. targets
1: by five yards. I I think the the moment for me when I've come I like I was I became okay with letting Zach go was that pass to, to Berrios when you just could see Berrios's pain and just like the way he like sulked over mm-hmm. as the pass goes over his head by a mile. He was defeated at that point and we were all defeated with him. Uh, it, it's yep, it's the Sopranos, it's over. Change
0: the channel, find a new show. I think Garrett Wilson is going to pass out if Zach starts next week. I, like, <laughs> you honestly, hit. honestly, I think Garrett Wilson is going to lose his mind. I think you're going to piss off this rookie receiver. That's already so talented to the point where he may not want to re-sign with you in a few years. If you let this continue, I think you're sending a terrible message to a guy like sauce Gardner that, you know, you're playing all-star level football. And th- this guy that was the second pick in the draft a few years before you, a year before you, and he's, completely and totally incompetent and you're doing everything you can as a defense. You got guys on this team that you brought in to be leaders, to not let this happen. You signed DJ Reed because of his attitude and his ability to be a force in that locker room. You draft a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker because of the sort of presence that he brings in that locker room. You hired Robert Sala to change the culture of accepting terrible you can't continue to do this. I'm sorry. I'm make any other argument you want, Matt, and I'm not trying to say I disagree with you whatsoever. I feel like we're very much in lockstep here. And if you put a gun to my head and made me completely say who's going to start at quarterback on Sunday against Chicago, it probably will be Zach Wilson. But I really think that this is way bigger than anyone realizes, and I'm ringing every alarm bell I can because this goes so far beyond just harming a playoff opportunity for this year. You're sending shockwaves through that locker room right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, we got the, the Cardinals, the 49ers game on right on right now. I think Colt McCoy's already passed uh, Zach's uh, uh, progress from yesterday. It, it's, it was that bad. Uh, I mean, He's I, I tried the to worst take a, starting
0: quarterback in the league by a mile. Yeah,
1: I, I tried to take a softer view and it, with, with Zach, but it, in all honesty, I can't like, refute anything you're saying uh it really is an indictment on the coaching staff if they let this go on any further uh whether that means letting him start and letting him finish a bad game uh that that can't happen that i if that happens if he has another stinker out there and they don't they don't bench him in game then i feel like everybody all the pitchforks or start going after Salah and the coaches, and at that and point they deserve so. to. Right, and they deserve it at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. That then the wheels come off this once uh, storied season that we had. That where this little to nothing team out of nowhere shows up and wins some games that they weren't supposed to win. Then they have a winning record. Then they have a chance at first place. And then where are they now? Now it's it's the Jets being the Jets and. I really hope they're not. I really hope they can turn the page on the, the Jets teams of the past that make these mistakes, and they don't write the ship. So, yes, I hope they do something, whether it's bench them outright going into the game or letting them start but really just reining them in if things don't look good. They need to do something.
0: Yeah, yeah, they absolutely do. They 100,000% absolutely do. Matt, I want to ask you a question, because yep. I want to put this in perspective for everybody that's listening. Would you trust Robert Sala and Joe Douglas to take another swing at getting the quarterback position right, whether it's through free agency or the draft or otherwise? Do you think that they have done enough as a staff and as a front office outside of that position or including that position regardless to give you confidence that they deserve the freedom and the flexibility and the time to get another chance at getting this position right?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, here's why I think quarterback is absolutely the hardest position, to scout. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: we, I mean, we looked at Zach, we scouted Zach and we saw a guy that had a lot of talent and a lot of potential and we would have taken him. Uh, I mean, it, I I took fields over him in my, in when we were alive, but at the same time, I saw Zach as the next best option. I would have taken him in a heartbeat as well. Uh, so it's, it's not like we didn't like Zach. And no, not at all. His BYU tape.
0: Yeah, his BYU tape sold me. I thought based on what I saw, I saw a guy with crisp, clean, borderline flawless mechanics that were absolutely, absolutely repeatable dang near anytime you wanted to. I saw a guy that was exceedingly accurate, not only statistically, but also on film. I saw a guy that had a season with no one around him really that was a scary offensive weapon outside of a tight end and a running back his best receiver was an undrafted free agent who's buried down the depth chart in Washington right now. You know, you got, I saw a guy lead a team to a really good record and put up a season where he completed over 70 7% of his passes at over 10 yards per attempt. And the, the list of guys in college football history that did that for a season was like less than 12. Just with all the starting in FCS history over the 150 plus years that they've been keeping statistical records. Zach Wilson is one of like 12 quarterbacks to have a season at over 10 yards an attempt and over 75% completion. And the tape backed it up. There was a lot to like on his film. And this is the point that I wanted to make. And this is why I asked you that question, Matt. I think the jets for the first time in a long time have done everything right to support a young quarterback. I think they've done everything they can. You can make the argument that Geno Smith gets drafted as a rookie and has absolutely no receivers. And what do they do the next year? They go out, they sign Eric Decker and they wait until the fourth round, despite having 12 draft picks to draft anybody at receiver again. Then you have Michael Vick come in with competition. You have an offensive line that doesn't get any attention really at all with any premium assets or additions that ends up being wasted. You have Sam Darnold who gets no pass protection, very little help at receiver and Adam Gase at head coach. And, Can you imagine how terrible Zach would look in any of those scenarios? Oh, my God. And when you've got a situation, (laughs) right, right. And you look at the rest of this team, Robert Sala clearly knows how to coach. I think we can make an argument that we saw a lot of guys at other positions make strides and improvements. AVT, before he got hurt, was playing like an absolutely excellent offensive lineman. The defense went from one of the worst in the league to one of the best in the league with a lot of the same guys still starting. We've seen improvement from the special teams unit that's carried over and continued. We've seen guys get developed like Bryce Huff, who's playing like an absolute superstar. We've seen Quinnen Williams turn into the, the dominant monster that we thought he could be when he was the third pick in the draft. We've seen skill talent on offense. We've seen Corey Davis improve. We've seen Brees Hall be effective as a rookie and fit the system. We've seen Michael floor dial up some good plays on offense that don't get executed well this is such a better situation for a quarterback than it's ever been and Zach is still this bad so I think you have the freedom as a coaching staff and as an organization to go we said when we drafted Zach Wilson Robert Salas said himself this organization is going to lift you up not the other way around and they did everything they could but at some point Zach has to lift himself up and he's been incapable of doing that in two years it's over I'm 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 out, you know, Shark Tank. I'm out. I uh, don't I don't need to be involved.
1: Yeah, he took that. We're going to lift you up. Uh, comment to to heart a little too much. Uh, he's kind of like Xerxes on his on his throne being carried by 100 guys right now eating grapes. Uh, that It's not going to cut it. Uh, yes, I trust them as well, but more so with free agency. Uh, I think they're uh, they'll do a lot better job. It's a lot easier to scout guys that are already in the league that they can see how they actually played against NFL talent. Uh, and then they'll try again maybe in 2024 uh, to, to go after somebody in the draft. Uh, it will, it's the only thing we can hope for at this point uh, is that that's the, the, the route that we take because doing what we're doing now and continuing to do it is just insanity. It's just bonkers to do that. It makes no sense. And I would I, I, I like this coaching staff and GM, and I would seriously probably turn my opinion against them if
0: if if they do let this continue. It's it's a very, very dicey situation for not only Robert Sala as a head coach, but as Joe Douglas as a GM to allow this to continue. It, it is absolutely critical. You have your reputation with not only the fan base that you've the you've had eating out of the putty in your hands for years. Now they'll turn on you. You have a locker room that absolutely loves you to death. They'll turn on you too. And what are you sacrificing this for a guy that's playing so poorly that he can even muster one more than two offensive yards in, in an entire half of football with a defense. That's giving him opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to do so. Yes. The jets offensive line was very, very poor, it was hard when you're starting, you know, a third string right guard and a guy off the street. I thought the Jets running backs missed a couple of reads where they finally got a couple of good plays that were blocked. And you remember we said last week, Matt, I wanted to see some more of those power and counter concepts. They finally called them. And they would have an opportunity where it would get blocked well up front and it was kind of plugged well, but the Patriots gave up contain. And if Robinson or Carter just bounce it to the edge, it's probably at least eight yards, if not more. If they break a tackle, they didn't do that. They didn't bounce. They just ducked their head and tried to get three or four and it didn't really do much. I know that there was other problems to this offense. It was not that Zach Wilson was the 100% sole problem to blame and everything that went wrong is his fault. But he was so bad that it limited Michael Floor's ability to call plays. It limited the running game's ability to be effective because there's no threat of a downfield passing game. It eliminated eliminated any opportunity or hope that the Patriots weren't going to be loading the box and keeping everybody shallow. And you're hamstringing the rest of your team. When, like I said before, when the chips are down, the second pick in the drafted quarterback is supposed to lift everybody up, not make everything that much harder. This can't continue. Uh, that's that's where I'm going to end with this. If you have anything else you want to jump in here, Matt, feel free. I don't want you to think that I'm trying to cut you off at all. But no, that's no, all. No. I've, I think I've said enough, <laughs> and I, I'm just going to keep repeating myself over and over if if we continue anymore. Yeah. This can't continue. No,
1: it really can't. Uh, if we keep going, we're just going to sound like a bunch of sad sacks. It's best to just move on <laughs> because you know what? We're still in the thick of things. We're still a game out of being uh, in the playoff. Hunt. You're six and four. We're six and four. I, like we all, I, the magic number I think is ten. I, I is is what people keep saying. If we can get ten wins, uh, the chances of us making the playoffs are very good. So things are still very much alive for this team. And I think that's where we should kind of springboard off of into next week's game is that there's still a lot of hope because this team is still very good. It's a great exactly. Team. The talent is there. Uh, the defense is healthy. And I think that uh, I, I've said this before is that that's kind of why our team has been uh, so good so far is that they've stayed healthy on defense for the most part. Uh, if the only starter that's missing really is Rankin's, That's that's a win. Uh, The fact that they were able to stay this healthy. So for so long and kind of led them to a point where they could develop and they can really find their groove and they're clicking. They were clicking Uh, against the Patriots. There were a lot of missed tackles that kind of worried me. Uh, But at the same time, they didn't give anything up. They they still held the Patriots. Uh, If you heard Lawson speaking, he's like, yeah, well,
0: we still gave up three points. (laughs)
1: <laughs> See, even, even right that. and
0: there's carl even doing what a leader does the fact that their defense did practically everything they could have possibly done the entire day and he's still upset and saying we could have done more and we didn't hear any of that from zach that's bs no
1: it yeah i mean n- none of the the players have really come out publicly and said like that's bullshit zach why you can't say that everybody is kind of just kind of i don't know uh wading in the water like yeah it doesn't matter if he does if he says anything or doesn't say anything but he he, I, he needs to say something I, I i hope behind the scenes he says something uh because the, if i were the defense i would be completely uh i i'd be pissed off i i would take it as a slight for sure uh no ifs ands or buts that's what it would be uh, but yeah, we need to go forward. That's the only way because we're still in the thick of it. Like I said, let's win something next week. Let's go. Let's break the, the, the coin flip
0: streak. Let's do it. Yeah, you have to get and you have to inject some life into this team before they completely die. You are six and four right now. Things are not over. You still have a chance to get into the playoffs and break your playoff drought. It's the longest in, in the NFL currently there is a lot of hope for this team and there is still a future to be had. And for me, that's even more reason to make this move now because every week that you don't, you're wasting your own time and you're going to run out of time to waste really, really soon. So I'm, I don't have anything else to say. I think we can end it here. Uh, there's, uh, there really isn't much more to say other than things need to change. Yeah. And the rest of the team is going to suffer even more so than they already are if they don't. So that's, that's all I got to say. <laughs> agreed yeah uh it, it,
1: there's only well you know what we, we're so low right now that we can only go up from here there we, we can't get much lower at quarterback uh not if zach so, keeps playing, <laughs> not if zach keeps playing. What, what is he gonna get one yard
0: in, in the second half well uh, i mean he so, could find <laughs> new lows those interceptions could not be dropped
1: that's true yeah that that is all that is completely true um yeah uh, something's got to give um and you know what? The Bears are like the, are the perfect team to be playing right now because who knows what's going to happen with Justin Fields? I think he has a dislocated shoulder. Is that correct? Dislocated shoulder. Dislocated shoulder. Uh, I heard that it's either day to day or season ending, which is completely bonkers to me. I'm like what? Yeah. The the, the Corey possible? Davis injury. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that sounds like a, a like a Jets medical team uh, uh, a, a, a example. One right? liner. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> they ripped that right out of the Jets PR team, like their their script. We,
1: they don't want to be painted in a corner. So let's just give a reign for the or he's playing or the season's over. Uh, but if he, if it's over, then we're playing Simeon, Trevor Simeon. So, uh, I, I'm not worried about Simeon, the runner. And with the, their talent on their team, I'm not worried about Simeon, the passer either. So really the only thing I'm worried about is our quarterback, uh, really giving their defense points, giving their special teams points, uh, that's the only way I can see this Bears team winning is with, with, with Simeon at the at the helm is if our quarterback gives them the game, which Zach is perfectly capable of doing.
0: So avoid that all Just go with Mike White. Just go with Mike White. That's that's what has to happen. Your locker room needs it right now that I care so much more about anything else. I don't give a damn if they beat the bears. I care that the locker room doesn't get destroyed for the rest of the year and possibly into the future. That's, that's so much more important to me. The Jets culture it had been so terrible under Adam Gase and really lacking under Todd Bowles before that, that it, it took away any chance they ever had at being good. That's how you end up with free agent acquisitions like Tremaine Johnson that are getting paid 72, $72 million a year and are absolutely terrible because they got their paycheck and then they never committed to getting any better. And that was accepted as a, an organization. You had so much chaos and so much same old jets problems that just derailed any chance that you ever had at progressing. And you've a guy, you have two guys right now leading this organization at head coach and GM that have completely and totally flipped that on its head and it can go away so fast. And I'm terrified that it's going to, I'm yeah. Garrett Wilson Reportedly coming into the locker room and storming and screaming and saying, I'm done with this shit, quote unquote, that Garrett Wilson's played a 10 games (laughs) and he's done with this shit after 10 games. That's not good. No, it's not. Let's, let's, Let's talk about something other than the
1: quarterback position. How are we going to defend the,
0: uh, you know, screw it. let's just go back to the quarterback. There's nothing else to talk about, really. The defense is going <laughs> to shut the Bears down. down. If, yeah, if Justin Fields is isn't playing, then the only competent <laughs> offense the Bears have, which is Justin Fields' legs, it's, it's is Montgomery. gone, And Montgomery's playing, but he hasn't been playing as well. I, I don't think that, I think Fields has been playing some good ball. I think his legs have absolutely been the X factor that made it so hard to defend. And if, and when he doesn't play, cause I would be dumbfounded if he's playing with a dislocated shoulder after a week, I think the bears at three and seven would be absolutely incredibly asinine and stupid to risk his health for the future of a game. That's a non-conference game. When you're three and seven against a team with an offense that scored two got two yards and a half the week before I, I'm, I don't think you need to risk Justin Fields. And I don't think the defense is going to have any trouble shutting down a Trevor Simeon led bears offense. All you need from the offense of if you're the Jets is to be somewhat efficient. I think the Jets co- score 10 points. They probably win the game. They just held the Patriots offense to three for 59 sec- minutes and, and 50-something seconds. I think they can hold the Bears offense to that or less. It's There isn't anything else to say. And this is why this is, for me, again, the perfect game to sit Zach. Because you will inject all of the help and the, the livelihood back into that locker room and and have a a, a a revival where everyone's going to sit there and go okay we're good we're this is so much better zach this is was unacceptable it sucks but you got to take time to get better and if and when you improve and there starts to be signs and you get another chance then go take the best of it and hope nothing you know but everything works out but right now it can't continue and, and there's really nothing else that needs to be said yeah you're right let <laughs> we just go to predictions <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go to predictions and I'll keep mine short and sweet. If Zach Wilson starts, the Jets are going to lose the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think I, I think if you Mike White, if Zach Wilson starts, that means Mike White isn't getting reps in practice as the first string. That means he's going to have to come in off the bench. He's probably going to have a little more inclined to possibly play this week than maybe in other weeks. And who knows how they split the reps if they're not committing to Zach as a starter, but it's going to be a lot different than if you outright name him the starter and give him the the whole week to practice like it and get chemistry with the starting offense. And I think at that point, Zach's going to be so terrible that the, the bears defense might do enough to score enough points to win the game. And then you're going to have to have Mike white play catch up with an offensive line. That's struggling. And, little not much of a running game and i think the one strength of the bears defense right now is their secondary so if zach wilson starts i think the jets are going to lose and, and that's going to be my prediction and if mike white starts i think the jets will win by at least 10 points okay yeah I'll, I'll sign on to that zach wilson if you start
1: you're out of there you're losing we're done uh but yeah if mike white there's no way that they go back to flacco right it's 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 going to be mike yeah. White's show if they yeah okay so yeah if it's mike white I, I give us a fighting chance Uh, and then
0: if Mike White turns out to be horrible, at least they did something. Uh, can we talk about the fact that, wh- this is the last thing I want to make, not to cut you off, can we yeah. talk about the fact that White jumped Flacco
1: Yeah, in well, practice? Yeah, that, that's wild that that happened. I, I, it kind of went under the radar was like, oh, Mike White is now the second string and Flacco's just...
0: <laughs> and they and Mike... said it's because they wanted to, you know, evaluate their whole roster and see what they have and no, that to me says that Mike White was doing well enough in practice to feel warranted that they'd be comfortable. Joe Flacco came in and won a game for them at the last second and, and had a, a clutch performance and played, you know, serviceable, a hell of a lot better. Everyone was criticizing Flacco in the first few weeks and saying he wasn't playing that good. Would you take that now compared to where Zach is? <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> and, and Mike White jumped him. And Mike White jumped him. So well, here's the thing. What what if
1: they're just way ahead of the game? Like we're talking about how we, uh, we, we want this vet coming in next, next year to, to really be competition for Zach. And we're saying, oh, maybe Mike White could be that guy. Maybe they were thinking that this scenario with Zach was very possible. Uh, and they're trying to get ahead of it and kind of get Mike White more second string snaps and get him closer to being the starter in case this very scenario happened. Maybe they foretold this
0: happening. And then if that's the case, then Mike White should be starting. Then that's why you did this. Exactly. Then, then your prophecy came true. So now it's time to put it into action.
1: Yeah. All, all signs are pointing towards it. Uh, I, I can uh, say that they have all this hope in Zach. But you know what?
0: Every arrow is pointing towards Mike White starting. And hopefully that means we win. That's all I can hope for. I really hope at some point this week. You know, we hear that that's the decision that's going to be made and White gets the opportunity to take some first-team reps in practice and get some chemistry with these receivers in the starting offense and just send a calming wave over one Jets drive for this week because it's really, really needed. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to actually put some scores out there.
1: I'm going to say we lose 10-8 uh, if Zach starts and that 8 is a safety and and uh, a uh, – or is it, sorry – a safety uh, and two sorry, field sorry. goals? T- 10, sorry, 10-9. Yeah, how about that? So it'll be a safety and a defensive touchdown. And we get zero offensive points. But if we win, it'll be
0: uh, 16-7. Okay, okay. I'll throw some scores out there. Uh, if Zach Wilson starts, the Jets will lose 17-7. And if Mike White starts, the Jets will win 21-7. I'm into it. I, I think that's where this is going to be. I, I'm... Zach is playing so poorly right now that I think he is absolutely damaging to your offense and you are better off playing quite literally anybody on your roster right now. Yeah, I love Garrett Wilson. I don't want him to be upset. I, I just want him to be a happy guy. <laughs> that is, that. this is really honestly, genuinely, the last point I want to make. That is so telling for me. That is so telling for me that Garrett it, comes out and has all of this emotion and is as letting everything out that he's so frustrated and when robert salas asked about it in the press conference he defends garrett and says he called a spade a spade it wasn't good enough it's like he told the truth (laughs) Well, he's telling the truth right so if if garrett's telling the truth and garrett's that vocal and that animated and he's quite literally throwing fits on the field and rightfully so why would you continue this what what are you gaining from your team what is the positive of this you're the whole be patient and develop guys when they're struggling theory only goes so far this isn't development this is damage
1: it really is all right I, i'm i'm getting sad just talking about it.
0: <laughs> yeah let's let's end this one to for anyone that's still listening here at this point thank you very much for tuning in we appreciate you taking some time to <laughs> to have some therapy with us and kind of listen in on our, our vent session here, but it's, it's crucial for this team. And it's really important that something happens real soon. That's going to do it for us tonight. We both need to cool off and relax for the rest of the week of what's going to be a very long week. Make sure you guys are following the show at OKD podcast on Twitter and make sure you're also following me at Andrew Golden underscore 17, Matt, go ahead and drop your handle and then we can wrap this one up for good. Uh, Matt, you can find me on Twitter at Zazzy Jets. Thank you guys one more time for tuning in. We will be back one more time before the end of the week, hopefully with an update on whether or not Zach Wilson is the starting quarterback and what the Jets offense is going to look like against Chicago. We'll be back real soon. Thank you one last time. Bye-bye.